Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Alex Coogan-Reeves. In the program this week, the football ferns secure an historic result in the U.S., the Super Rugby franchise is officially launched for next season. Venus Williams is coming to Auckland. The NRL work on the rules for the Auckland Nines. And the Silver Ferns wrap up the Malawi series. The New Zealand women's football team stunned world champions the United States, earning a late one-all draw in their international friendly in Columbus, Ohio on Thursday. It's the best result the New Zealand women's team, ranked 19th in the world, has enjoyed over the USA since the late 80s. It was also a marked turnaround from the side's 4-1 loss to the Americans earlier in the week. It's been a good year for the football ferns who won the Valai Cup tournament in Switzerland in September, which included a win over traditional powerhouses Brazil. The New Zealand coach Tony Reddings told Stephen Hewson the result shows the football ferns are a team on the rise. I don't think we could have played um, as well as did without the, the game the other day. We didn't really change too much in terms of the strategy and game plan. We just executed it. A lot better. I think we were a lot more accustomed and acclimatised to the level that America um, play at and the increased pace, which I think caught us you know, not by surprise because we knew it would be quick, but we we hadn't played against a team of this quality all year. And yeah, to play against them um, the first game, it was a bit overwhelming at times, but the players got better as the game grew, and I think they just grew through the first game that continued into this game. So I think, yeah, just the players lifted their level once they knew, I guess, which level they needed to push themselves to. Where do you think you had the edge? We looked very dangerous uh, in, in behind their back four because we had a lot of pace up front and Hannah Wilkinson had a had a strong game and was always a threat and then we brought on more pace with Helen Collins and I think what we did is we just kept the ball in the second half a lot more and I think we wore them down a little bit. Uh, they became began to get frustrated and, and started to leave a few more gaps. So, yeah, I think the, the edge we had was just everyone on the on the same page, trying to do the same things. And uh, yeah, so as the game went on, we grew and we started to keep the ball more. And I think we, we actually were probably more threatening at times. I think we had the better chances in the game. And yeah, I think a lot of that is down to you know, some good build-up play, but also with our pace and threatening players in behind. It must be a huge confidence boost for, for the team. I mean, as a coach, you may well be aware of the ability the side has, but if the players truly believe they've got that ability and when they do get a result like this against the world's top side the impact of that yeah i think so i mean after the first game we we, we i think we played a bit better in the first game the scoreline suggested and we just as i said got caught out with the with the pace and pressure we were put under so the players knew going into the second game that they were capable of a lot more and the states have probably only had a taster of, of what we had to offer um, so there was a lot of confidence going into the second game because you know the players knew that they'd played well in stages but also underperformed at times. So yeah, it's really really encouraging to play well. But sometimes you play well and you don't get the results. So when you get a draw of this sort of level, it's it's a real confidence booster. And, and the players work really hard. I mean, they're, they're probably one of the most hardworking teams around. And when you get results, it's that extra little bit of initiative, and it just keeps making you work hard when you get the reward. So. 
another bit of reward this year. We've had quite a quite a, a good year, and uh, I think they'll just spur the players on to work even harder, which is great. US, they they were at full strength, were they? Yeah, they were. I think they they had um, pretty much their full day. One of the strikers missing, but apart from that, they were at full strength for for both games, which is which is great for us because. Yeah, we we want their best players playing because these games for us they're they're real big learning experiences for us uh, for the World Cup and Olympics in 2015 and 16 because we want to we want to progress to the latter stages and win medals at the Olympics and to do that we're gonna have to beat the United States so today was was a big step and the fact they had their full strength team out is great because you know if you if you get things wrong these are quality of players will really punish you. So we made a few mistakes in the first game, and we've learned a lot from that. So the more we can play against this level of team, the better, I think. Presumably, it'll also help you getting games against other opposition when they see that a result like this against the US. Yeah, you, you would hope so, and that's always been a challenge for us in the past, I mean, geographically and financially. But also, I think a lot of those barriers have been removed now with the support and funding we've received from high-performance sport, which... I mean, we've had a very good year, and that wouldn't, that wouldn't be possible at all without that money. So we're really grateful for that. So what we're hoping now is, I mean, apart from those barriers, also playing New Zealand is not always the biggest attraction for teams. But I think with the result, not just this is the result, but also the results against Japan and Brazil earlier in the year, the teams will, will want to play us now because they also want to play against the best teams in the world. So they're constantly learning and improving, and hopefully they'll start seeing us as you know, a genuine, um, decent opposition. So securing them games will still be a battle, but we have a lot more to work with now. How do you review, or how do you look back on 2013? Because this was obviously your last game of the year. What we can be really proud of as a group is that we've just continued to get better all year. I think almost with every performance, there's been something we can take from every match that we've done better. Um, and I think what will be hard now is as we keep getting better and better, which we hope to continue doing, finding those improvement games are going to be tougher and you have to work harder and harder to find them, you know, the, the better you get. And I think we'll look back on the year and say, yes, we did very well, but there's still so many areas we can improve. I mean, the squad's still fairly young and there's a lot more potential, which hasn't really been reached yet for the players. So the exciting thing is we've done well, but there's still lots more room for improvement. So for 2014 and and beyond, this group's capable of a lot more and uh, with the same amount of hard work and dedication um, yeah, I think this group has, has got a lot more room for improvement. Will this help your rankings? Do the international friendlies count for rankings or not? Yeah, they do. And um, when you get a, a draw away from home as well against this level of team, you, there should be some, some points for that. It's yeah, very hard because um, to get, cause you get a lot of ranking points from qualifying tournaments or pinnacle events. And we don't play um, many, you know, in Europe they play maybe 10 or 12 qualifying games. We play maybe three or four against the island nations. So very hard for us to accumulate points. But, you know, we're hoping to get some more for these because if we can improve our FIFA ranking again, like we said earlier, it doesn't make it a lot easier to get matches against the top teams. So we're not sure if we'd move up or not in the rankings, but we'll definitely uh, increase our points and see us start getting closer to the teams in front of us. January, February is when you get back together again. Are there matches scheduled for then? Yeah, we're looking for a, a possible tour in China in a tournament in either January or February. Uh, the, team, the teams aren't confirmed for that yet. And uh, for us, those types of tournaments are invaluable because we don't get opportunities to play in qualifying tournaments. So to play games where you play three or four you know, tournaments, sorry, where you play three or four games back-to-back, it'll be really important. Um, then we'll look to head to Cyprus Cup again in March, which is again another tournament with top-level teams. And then we'll just look to try and fit in the games in the FIFA window, which have already started to 
to discuss with other countries and, and uh, hopefully we can get something against this level of team because the more we play against the top 10 teams, the more we learn you know, what works and what doesn't. And I think we learned a lot of, about both on this tour. Um, so we'll be keen to try and secure as many top-level top games as we can. Football Ferns coach Tony Reddings talking to Stephen Hewson. It may still be three months until the season kicks off, but that didn't stop the New Zealand Super Rugby franchises from holding their official launches this week. The squads were confirmed and new jerseys for all five teams were unveiled at an event at Auckland's Eden Park. The Blues have had a busy off-season, recruiting plenty of stars to join their promising young team, with Benji Marshall, Ma'anonu, Jerome Kaino and Tony Woodcock all on the squad list for 2014. I spoke to the coach Sir John Kerwin, who was happy with the depth he's been able to create. It's been a really interesting contracting period. I mean, a big learning curve for me last year, and then just looking at last season, understanding what you need to be competitive in this tournament. Um, and so, yeah, balance and experience was the two things that we looked at. Having the ability to play um, different players each week is important. And I think we've got a squad that can do that. So, you know, it's exciting. Uh, the call from us was, you know, internal competition and depth of squad. So I think we've uh, managed to deliver that. And now getting a bit more experience back as well, bringing guys like Tony and Tom Donnelly into the mix. Yeah, and they're really important. Um, I was really excited to get um, Woody back. You know, I always felt that he was... Uh, a blues man and you know like I said this morning he's had his OE so he's back and, um, and we're excited to have him and you know we need to make sure that we take care of um, some of our older players um, like Tom and Callum and Kevy and Woody you know we need them to perform for us so we need to make sure that we look after them during the week um, give them separate training programs and just make sure that you know when the 80 minute comes around they're delivering the great quality that they've got must be pretty heavy with the depth in that front row um, with the possibility of fielding an all-all all black um, front row and then um, some of those younger guys as well and Tom McCartney and James Parsons who are both pretty experienced now. Exactly, like that's when you look at the squad the sort of front row typifies what we're trying to build. You know, I think Angus and Sam had great years last year. They you know, got smashed up a few times and had a big strong learning curve but by the end of the season they're really holding their own. Um, then you add Charlie and, and Woody to the mix and offer to and a fussy, and you sort of say, well, yeah, you've, we've got a pretty well balanced side. Kevy, you know, Tom and, and, and James, you know, we've got a really solid pack that anyone could play on any given week. And I think once you do that, um, you're fine. We're, we're probably, we've done that in the loose forwards, we've done it at 10, we've done it at 12. So we've got a really complete squad. If we can keep everyone fit and healthy, then. You know, hopefully the internal competition will really um, drive these guys through. You know, there's guys like Jackson Willison who's playing his third year. Um, he's a good leader, so you know it's exciting times. I guess it sort of um, typifies um, what what you've built here. That so many players were away with the All Blacks and the Maori All Blacks that these guys are guys that can go on to higher honours. Yeah, our job is to deliver All Blacks. Um, that's what we do. We want to deliver results for the Blues first and foremost. Um, but by doing that, the result is more guys get picked. You know, like people spoke the other day about how many Canterbury guys on the side, but they win. You know, they make the playoffs every year and their ITM side wins. So, of course, you're going to get them in. And, and you know, when I was playing uh, back here and we were winning all the time, we had 14 All Blacks. So, you know, for us, it's about delivering for the Blues franchise. And then if we can deliver week in, week out and be around the top of the table, then guys are going to go on to further honours. So, 
you know, the more the merrier. It, it makes it interesting from a management point of view because we need to make sure we manage these guys. You know, they'll come back late. Um, they need to have a break, you know, and we need to look after them. So if we can create that sort of environment, then we'll get the best out of them. So what's the biggest thing as a coach that you think that you might do differently uh, this year around ha- having had one year um, in charge? I'll do a whole lot differently. Um, you know, hopefully have some complete change in, in what I do. I think that, um, you know, I've already changed the philosophy of selection and, and moved on. I think uh, management of the, the coaching staff and the players will take some... Um, Take some different turns. The leadership group. We really want to make sure that we drive um, some quality through those guys and help them lead the franchise on the field and off it. Um, so yeah, hopefully we'll be able to bring some new stuff in, which will keep the guys excited. And uh, just speaking about the leadership group and Luke Braid as the captain, was that a pretty easy decision on your part? Yeah, I think it was uh, an important decision and then a relatively easy one in the end. You know, we've got guys like Kevin Mialamu who, you know, I call him our matai. He's our, he's our leader and, and will really help Luke in those areas. You know, we've got Tony coming back, Jerome Kiner, so we've got a lot of leadership around him. But I think Brady is the right guy for the organisation at the moment. He has the ability to drive um, quality on training field, so he's not scared to to challenge the players and he's also not scared to sit down and challenge us and I think that's an important mix and you know last year I think week in week out he was one of our best and and I also think that's important for a leader so he's got all the attributes and I know he's excited about it and we're excited to have him. Another big name has been confirmed for the ASB Classic Tennis Tournament in Auckland with the announcement of the seven-time Grand Slam champion Venus Williams. She joins Anna Ivanovic, Monica Puig and Laura Robson as players already announced for the tournament. Williams was meant to play in Auckland in 2012 but had to withdraw due to injury and says she's excited at finally being able to come to the country. It's my first time in New Zealand. I've really heard so much from the players about how supportive the crowds are for women's tennis. heard so much about the, the beauty of Auckland. Um, the harbour, the restaurants and all of the ambiance. I'm really looking forward to all of that and really kicking off 2014 on a high note. So looking forward to hopefully having some cheers from you all on the way to maybe a win in the beginning of the year. I spoke to the tournament director, Cal Budge, who says he's thrilled with the signing. To have someone of Venus's calibre coming to Auckland, is, um, yeah, it's, uh, it really is a, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for us. And so we're we're absolutely thrilled to, to make it a reality. In your discussions with her and her people, did you sense that she was keen to come here after the disappointment a couple of years ago when uh, she had to pull out? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you know, the, one of the strengths we've had the whole way through this discussion was that Venus wanted to come. Um, you know, and it's just a matter of you know, what you need to do behind the scenes to make that work. And you know, if, if we hadn't had that uh, right up front, that it hadn't been you know, that her desire was to come, um, yeah, I, I don't think we would be having this discussion we're having now. It's um, you know, it was her desire that really made this work. What what was it that made her so keen to come here? Um, we have a really unique reputation on tour. Uh, you know, it is a it's a different event to anywhere else. You know, you, you, you've got the courtside dining, you know, literally right at court level. That you know, we always talk about. You can you know, you can fall, uh, hear the the sweat fall on the ground. You're that close, and and that provides a really unique experience for the players. Um, the, the vibe on centre court is as good as you get right around the world, and I think uh, the players know that and they want to be part of that. And when you compare us to the other lead in tournaments across the Tasman, 
Um, you know, you're five minutes from the hotel. You know, makes life a lot easier than perhaps going to Sydney and being an hour out to Homebush either way to go and hit some balls. Um, you know, it's a it's a nice friendly environment that works pretty well for their preparations for Aussie. Cool, and I guess yeah, that just plays into your hands that um, these sort of star players do have a genuine will to come here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we certainly don't have the the financial resources that the tournaments across the Tasman and, and in China and alike have. So you know, us providing that that experience for them and making sure that they have the best possible uh, preparations is is absolutely key. And Venus is sort of a perfect player for you, I guess, because again, she's can use her in the marketing. Everyone knows who she is, but because of injury and that, she does she does have a lower ranking than uh, some of the other stars in tennis. Yeah, she's she's a perfect player for us in terms she you know, she should be in one of the, the five most marketable players on tour. Yet she doesn't go towards our our limitations that we have of, of top players. We're only allowed a set allocation, and so. Um, you know, she does become that perfect player in the same way that Anna's very much a perfect player for us. Um, you know, she, she's back to form as well. I think you know, watching her beat Vika, uh, sorry, Victoria Zarenka a couple of weeks ago in Tokyo, the world number two, you're starting to see, now that she's learned how to manage her, sh- her schedule and, and what her body can take, you're starting to see that consistency come back. And, and Venus is, you know, she's going to be a dangerous floater in our draw and even more so a dangerous floater you know, a couple of weeks later going into the Aussie Open. Yeah, because so she, she's going to come in yeah, quite with a quite high ranking, so she won't be seated, presumably. No, she, she won't be. So she's going to be, um, you know, in a horror case, she might draw Anna first up. But, uh, and uh, you know, if, if we have any luck, um, yeah, she's going to be that real excitement as we see uh, you know, in the same way that Monfils was in the men's draw this time last year. Yeah, so yeah, as you say, that you really don't want that matchup on the first day, do you? It'll be a great one in terms of taking care of ticket sales for us, but uh, yeah, not so ideal if, uh, if our two draw cards draw each other in the first round. One of the other things for you now is just um, hoping that there's no no injury problems between now and uh, the end of December. Yeah, I don't really have any concerns about that. Um, yeah, she's back to a, a clean bill of health, and I know that she's she's really looking forward to, to Melbourne and, and having a big stab. Um, and, and really causing some upsets over there. And so I think uh, you know, she wants to be here. She wants to be hitting tennis balls, and you know, that's that's all you can ever ask from any of the players. What's her schedule like between now and then? Is she playing a lot, or is she pretty much wound down? I believe she's got an exo, but nothing else. So she's um, she's literally just on the on the practice surface and uh, uh, getting ready to, to come here. So it will, will be her first, um, her first tournament in anger, uh, which will be, yeah, th- that obviously helps significantly in terms of any injury concerns, we don't have to worry about her playing in tournaments and putting any stress on the on her body. Very nice. Sounds like it's uh, yeah worked out well. Yeah, it's been a, it's one of those ones that's certainly been a, a great get for us and one where um, you know, to to have two of the the thirty best tennis players of all time uh, on, on our draw is a, a wonderful um, you know wonderful coup for us and one we're really excited about. And how's the rest of the field shaping up? Obviously, you've still got a spot for a top 10 if you can get one. Are there any that are available? There's, there's none available at the time. We, we won't be having a top 10, but still certainly looking at having a couple of players in the in the top 20. Yeah, so just looking at those, the, both the tournaments and the star quality you've got there, you, you'd have to say across the two weeks this must be one of the strongest that Auckland would have seen. Yeah, I, I think without question... Um, we we've got the, the two strongest fields we've ever put together to have 
you know, Moffie's half Maria isn't it? Anderson already announced on the on the men's side. That's that's a pretty formidable lineup. Particularly as we know, there's still a couple of others that we'll look to drop in there. And on the women's side, as I say, two players that ESPN have ranked as the two of the 30 best tennis players of all time. Um, yeah, certainly shaping up to be a, a pretty impressive uh, festival of tennis. And I guess that's just a testament to the setup that you've got there. That each year you sort of do manage to um, get better and keep keep attracting top players without without yeah. the resources of other tournaments. We're we're very committed to what we're doing with these tournaments. Uh, we've set the goal of being a mini Melbourne, um, and I think we're you know, we're getting more professional as time goes on, and that's enabling us to have better conversations. Um, and you know, the players know about us. The players know what we're trying to do, and. Uh, you know, they want to come and experience it themselves. And, you know, that's a, a great starting position. When you've got people like Ferrer, Monfils and Ivanovic, that their baseline position is we want to come to Auckland and now go sort out the details with my manager. That certainly makes our life as, uh, as organisers a lot easier. Members of the NRL's executive team spent time in Auckland this week as they try to lock down the logistics of the inaugural Nines tournament to be held at Eden Park in February. One of the discussions was around the rules the games would be played under, and I spoke to the NRL's general manager of football, Nathan McQuirk, and asked if they were looking at mixing up the rules for the tournament. The general principles and general rules of the game of rugby league will apply through the nines, uh, but we are, we're always looking for these uh, events such as the All-Stars and the nines of, of uh, putting exciting innovations into the game, and, and you'll definitely see some of those um, implemented for the nines this year. And would there be also the opportunity for rules that you might trial in a nines thing that if, if they work you could see them potentially coming into the NRL or at some stage? Yeah, we, we think these, these types of events are the perfect platform to, to trial things. And um, uh, it's a little bit different, I think, when you, you, you're talking about a, uh, a, um, you know, a, a nine-a-side match rather than a 13-a-side match to get a true perspective on, on how the rule will work. But... Um, I think what you'll find is a lot of the innovations would be specific to the Nines tournament rather than uh, things that will flow into the uh, actual NRL competition. Well, the, what sort of ideas have been kicked around in terms of different, different variations? Yeah, we'll, we've got a whole range of things um, that, that we're currently uh, looking at. Um, but, but any way in which we think we can in, potentially enhance um, attacking, particularly, particularly attacking opportunities for teams... Um, uh, are, the, are the options that we have right on on the table right now? So, um, yeah, we're, we're looking to release our our nines rule book come uh, early December, um, which will give uh, all the the sixteen teams a great opportunity leading into Christmas to uh, to start looking at and and, and planning towards uh, the middle part of February. And so, is it going to be six tackles still, or is that? Uh, yeah, yeah as I said, it'll be the general principles of rugby league will apply. So it'll just be little things. It'll be yeah, the, the the small things that we believe can enhance the uh, uh, the tournament and enhance the the uh, the point scoring opportunities uh, for teams and uh, yeah, that's that's what we're you know nines is all about is um, is providing us a real entertaining spectacle for our fans. Because what length are the matches? Uh, there'll be eighteen. Uh, so Eighteen minute, halves. yeah, nine minute halves. So, um, so I guess if you're still having six tackles, you do need ways to open the game up a bit more, so to ensure there will be will be points scored. The, the one thing with nines you, you find is it is 
more truly like a rugby league game. Um, you don't get the razzle-dazzle off the first play. Um, you will see teams utilising the big forwards out in the field still. Um, um, so uh, it is somewhat of a different game than what Sevens has been. Um, but we actually think that's a positive aspect rather than a, neg- a negative. And, um, but, but at the same time, this tournament is about entertainment. And, um, and that's really what we're trying to cater with, um, with the, the, the slight tweaks of the rules that we're going to be implementing. And have you been consulting with clubs as, as you're working through these? Yeah, we have. We, we consulted a lot with Tim Sheens prior to his uh, departure to the World Cup. Um, he's the current Australian coach. Um, um, but, yeah, we, we also have a rules committee at the NRL, the, the competition committee it's called, um, which we've been consulting. Uh, and we're, we're just currently finalising the, 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 the development of the rules uh, rules of the game for the Nines tournament. Well, I guess it's a balance between keeping it exciting but then not having something that doesn't look anything like rugby league out there. You, as I said, you'll see Nines as something that resembles more what rugby league stands for than what a Sevens tournament would. Yeah. Uh, again, you'll see a greater um, mix of both um, forwards and backs play in yeah. nines rather than it all being attacking play with backs. So um, that's that's a real positive for mine, um, that it does resemble more like a normal game of rugby league. Yeah, so there will be the opportunity for the big forwards from clubs to come and some exactly of the right. forwards will still have an impact. Exactly right. It's not just all about the backs in, in nines. It is, you'll see your big front rowers out there um, um, you'll see a mixture of the style of player across across the whole game. Because I guess uh, Willie Mason, who's been involved in a lot of the promotion, will be happy <laughs> that yeah. he's not going to be made redundant. No, that's right. Um, uh, I'm sure they'll be he'll be getting um, on the oxygen tanks a bit, old Willie, with the uh, with the pace of the games as well in the early part of the year. And uh, but you know, it's it's just something I think all players right now are really excited about and. Um, and, uh, and, and again, the engagement we've had from our club so far is, uh, has been really encouraging. So um, I know everyone's really focused towards and really concentrating on, on the nines as part of their pre-season preparation. That's the NRL's general manager of football, Nathan McQuirk. The Silver Ferns have completed their season, comfortably completing a series sweep over the Malawi Queens. A 72-39 win in Hamilton capped the three-match series, but it's unlikely to make up for the disappointment of New Zealand's 4-1 loss at the hands of Australia in the Constellation Cup series. Denise Garland spoke to the Ferns defender Katrina Grant and asked if they were pleased to end the season strongly. We felt like we finished the series on a high. You know, That was definitely one of our better performances over the last um, three, three test matches. So, yeah, it is good to go home and finish the international season like that. What in particular was pleasing about uh, tonight's match? Obviously, uh, the second test was a, a little bit of a letdown for a lot of you girls. Yes, well, yeah, we didn't kind of get our links right in the game plan. We, um, we probably didn't follow it to, to a T like we wanted to, and there's a lot of changes and a lot of people out of position. But I think we've um, solidified that tonight and proven that we, you know, we do play good netball and we are proud of what we do, and we we'll hope um, New Zealand fans think that too. What have you got out of this series with Malawi? Got out of um, seeing Malawi before Fafa, probably one of them, but also, you know, it was a very disappointing consultation part for us and it was good to come into this series 
you know, try new people out, new combinations before Commonwealth Games next year and, you know, um, put some points on the board, win games and just get some confidence. Yeah, I mean, this this whole year has been, on the balance of things, a little bit disappointing perhaps for the Silver Ferns. Is it that confidence that you really needed to get out of this series? Probably not just confidence in other series. We knew, um, you know, Malawi was going to be tough and very unorthodox and different to Australia. So we're always going to have to put out a different game plan and maybe some different players. But, you know, that Constitution Cup was, yeah, super tough for us. And, um, yeah, I suppose confidence is key going into Commonwealth Games, but... We know personnel could change and we've got a lot of work to do for next year and you know, it's just a building block towards that. With those um, personnel changes you were just talking about, there was obviously stark contrast in the two halves in the shooting circle. How do you feel the girls adapted to those? I thought it worked out really well. We knew it was going to happen before the game and um, you know, because everyone played well enough to kind of get on in the third test and both combinations I thought did a great job and they bring something completely different to the game which also confuses the defence, which, which helps us a lot. And, um, yeah, just full credit to them. I, I don't know how shooters do it. So, yeah, they're awesome. Uh, Latu has been getting quite a bit of game time at this uh, back end of the season. Irene was back out on court, obviously, in that first half. Was it was it good to get her back out there with the girls? It's always good to have Irene back out there, but it must be so tough for why because both Caddy and Irene are such classy players. And, you know, it, yeah, it must be super tough, and I wouldn't know how she does it, but... Yeah, both of them are such great. And as a defender at training, I find them both super hard to play against and they're completely different players. So, you know, it's just always dependent on who the defence is or who's going to play. So that's uh, the season over for you girls now. Um, England next year, what sort of work needs to be done between now and then? Firstly, we'll get a, a nice good break, which will be really good. We need a refresh and kind of um, have some family time because we've been uh, away from them for so long and kind of just a mental break will be great and going into into January, going up against England and, and that will be, um, you know, it'll be good for us and we know that that's obviously our last test matches again before Com Games and before the last time we'll be together, um, you know, with ANZ being, being so long. So it's, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how many people Y takes across over there and, new combinations and they arise again. So, yeah, it'll be quite interesting to see. That's the Silver Fern, Katrina Grant, speaking to Denise Garland. And that's the show for this week. Feedback is welcome via sport at radioNZ.co.nz. You can get the latest sports news anytime on our website. I'm Alex Coogan-Reeves, and we'll be back with more extra time next week. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.